Hey, how's hey, it going? going Sorry. I, oh, that's bad. I forgot the start time. I thought it was 9.15. Oh, no. Sorry. My bad. I thought it was 9 o'clock. Well, you know. No, it's, it's not your bad. I double-checked. I actually said 9 o'clock. So you said, said 9 o'clock? I said 9 o'clock, nice. and then I thought it was 9.15. So you didn't you do anything wrong. And then for some reason, you got 9.15. Good job. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, how's, uh, how's your weekend been so far? Uh, it's been it's been pretty good. Just setting up my Bluetooth um, earphones right now. Yeah, I was just okay. um, chilling out, drinking a glass of water. I didn't even realize uh, it's. <laughs> T's got his feet up, just like not a care in the world. Okay, here we go. Meanwhile, our show's starting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, I was yeah. just setting up. I was setting up the Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah. So. You got. Uh, uh, go ahead. Say on my end, like, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was saying on my end, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I don't know, discovered my inner outdoorsman. So I'm uh, literally building a woodworking shop as a lean to attachment to my townhouse. Oh, wow. That's like, that's like a major project. Yeah, I know. So, like, uh, sometime in the next three weeks. Um, I have to get to the concrete pouring, and then, yeah, I'm actually going to build a whole-ass workshop. I've already got all the tools necessary. Uh, and then after that... So, 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 so wait, is, is, it like a whole, is it like a whole shed, or is it something that goes inside your basement? How does it, how does it work? Oh, no, no. It's a lean, it's a, it's a lean too. So, like, uh, it's basically, like, it's not a, like a, a shed that is completely separate from the house. Basically, like, uh, one wall of the shed is leaning on the house. That's why it's called a lean two. Got it. So like, oh my God. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, if you Google, if you Google lean too, you'll see what I mean. Um, but like, it's going to basically share a wall with the house. And, uh, cause there's like a corner of my backyard that doesn't really get a lot of sunlight and like not even grass doors there. So I'm like, well, it's pretty much dead land anyway. And you know, I'm kind of competing for space with my wife who uses the garage to train her clients. So yeah, I, uh, I'm kicking myself out of the house and, you know, making a little man cave in the backyard. Thank you. Oh, awesome! Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at a lean-to right right now. It looks it looks good. How do? You, is it like? Uh, is any of it like uh, prefab, and then you just like put it together? Or do you have to make it like from total oh, no, no. scratch? I'm, I make like I'm I'm buying like lumber from Home Depot or you know Lowe's or wherever I can find it. Uh, yeah, I'm buying lumber, pouring concrete, uh, and a bunch of plywood and insulation, and I'm building the fucker myself. Oh, you should make a YouTube out of it. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, so yeah, I think people yeah, will like, like, find that useful. Well, you know, what started off as a uh, stress relief tool, like the the woodworking, started off as like, you know, all the the bullshit that I've been dealing with the last few weeks. So, and on top of that, there was like, you know, some like family issues. Like, you know, I have like a relative who's not doing very well, and then yeah, just various like, you know, just the kind of stuff that everybody's being stressed out by right now. And, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of got back into woodworking. Um, like, before I used to, you know, build and repair fences. I could make, like, planter boxes and other kind of outdoor stuff. And uh, I was like, why am I limiting myself to just that? Like, I like making things, so let me see what I can do, like, as far as, like, making smaller indoor stuff. And lo and behold, it turns out I'm actually halfway good at it. So, uh, yeah, a couple of people approached me with a few ideas for, like, producing things. So I'm like, okay, sure. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna do that though, I need shop space, so I'll just build my own shop space. Yeah, I um, my project has been just basically trying to create like an efficient uh, 
workstation space, so I got this L-shaped desk. Yeah. My thing, my thing is, my thing is uh, way less impressive. My thing is just basically watching YouTube videos and people describing <laughs> describing <laughs> the desk solutions. <laughs> that's my that's my handiwork. I'm just watching yeah, like a, a watching videos uh, on cable management. And, uh, I was just gonna say that cable yeah. management, <laughs> cable management is like eighty percent of the game. That's what, that's what I'm realizing. Like it's all about cable management. It's like seventy five. Yeah, yeah. I was literally just about to say that. Like, uh, and and I, I don't know why this might uh, sound racial, but for some reason, uh, Asian guys have the best cable management game. I don't know what it is, but I, you know, ninety percent. No, 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 it's not. Yeah. it's not racist if it's true. It is not racist if it's true. What I. When I tell you, I and like the YouTubers who most often have these cable management videos, and I'm like, what the like? Did you just make the cables fucking disappear? Like, yeah, it's it's usually Asian guys, and I will say that like the uh, the Asian sort of like tech dudes I know in the industry, um, their home workstations are immaculate. Yeah, yeah, they so, are untouch- they're un- they are untouchable in the cable management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say like uh, next time I'm down in New York City because I'm actually uh, redoing my office as well because. Even though I have like spent literally days doing cable management in my office, it still feels like a lot of slapdash stuff kind of thrown together. Uh, so like there's like bookcases, but there's also like uh, like IKEA shelves for like my video game consoles, and then there's like a a riser for my three monitors, and I've got this like gaming desk with like a a, a roll like a a keyboard tray underneath it. And it's just like, it, I'm just slowly being consumed by what are supposed to be space-saving solutions, and they're encroaching on my space. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know what I'm just going to do is make my own shelving. Like, have, like, like I'm just going to make my own custom shelving with my own custom uh, cable management solutions so that my books and my electronics and everything can coexist if I don't use a bookcase and instead just have all my shelves on the wall and have like metal tubes that carry the wires down to the, uh, like carry the wires to the outlet or to the extension cord or to the, the, uh, the power brick, then like I'll save myself a hell of a lot of space. I was even going to be, I was even going to design a desk that I can put, I can disassemble my computer, uh, and like put my CPU unit and my graphics card and power supply and all that stuff in the actual desk. So the desk becomes a PC case. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, we didn't, we didn't get together to talk about all that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we are. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a, I, I was I was letting it go on because I was want to give people a chance to get in here anyway. You know, get we're at 43 people, and I think it's a good place to start. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah by the like, way, you know, we like the YouTubers. We like the YouTubers, like Kevin Samuels. Be like, no, we gotta get them, we have to get them likes up. Get them likes up, guys. <laughs> Come on. You know, we're if, you want, if you want, if you want us to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, subscribe to the show. And if, if you don't want us to start, you gotta subscribe. Hey, let's uh, just jump right to the caller. There's a caller right. Mm-hmm. No, okay, before we get to the caller, here's what I will say. What I'll say is, uh, so I'm not looking at the, um, I'm not looking at the screen right now. Uh, how many people are logged in? Oh, sorry, how many people are not logged in but listening? We because have the web. We have seven people listening but lo- not logged in. So we have um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it builds as it, yeah, yeah it, it builds as it goes. But right now, we have only seven people. If you're listening anonymously on the desktop, just take the time to create an account and log in. It takes a couple of seconds, but it helps our metrics. So we really appreciate that. And uh, today's subject is the twerking uh, senator. 
And this is kind of an unofficial follow-up to our last podcast episode on Champagne Sharks, but I thought it would be kind of cool to hear what people have to say because, you know, there's a lot of – I think this is one of those topics where we can actually get a real difference of opinion because I've seen some people go from one uh, range of the gamut to the other, like leave her alone, she's expressing her sexuality, why do we have to do respectability politics? Well, some people are like, oh my God. there's a time – there's a time and a I place for everything. I don't want to know about the sexuality of a state senator. Just do your fucking job. Jesus. Yeah, but I mean... It, it, doesn't, I matter, mean, it, it doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who. I don't care who it is. I don't want to know. I just, well, I, hey, I, I just all, want to know the shit. Yeah. All opinions are welcome, welcome here, even if we disagree with them. So, I mean, I'm curious what people have to say. Oh, also, uh, can you can you uh, mod, mod me up, too? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, um, okay, yeah, no I, I guess I I'm gonna have to promise. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bully you. Uh, no, I mean, if you're not gonna, if you're not joining the caller queue, then yes, I will bully you into joining the caller queue. But you know, feel free to voice your opinion, and I will try to keep it as non-spicy as possible. But you already know <laughs> who I am. Like, you understand, you understand that like all of the um, stuff that I've been dealing with lately, uh, in terms of like uh, strife within political parties and organizing and whatever. It's primarily been to do with people that just can't, they just don't have a sense of propriety and no, like, you know, oh, what is, oh what yeah, is yeah, what time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's true. I mean, I think a lot of this Me Too stuff and a lot of these other things, I'm not going to say it, it all or even mostly comes from that because uh, men have been violating like boundaries since uh, forever when it comes to sex, but. This um, blending yeah. of boundaries where nothing, where, you know, um, personal is political, political is personal, definitely isn't helping at the very least. You, you know? know what that phrase, the political is, the, the personal is political, that was the dumbest and most destructive phrase, I think, that probably came out of the second wave. Or is it the third wave? No, second wave. Uh, I, I, I forget, but what somebody claimed to me was that, you know, it was something that was kind of uh, abused and misinterpreted, as in, uh, from what the way somebody explained it to me was, it was kind of saying that uh, people's uh, personal issues, you know, are are like like there's a such thing as apolitical, like even your personal is uh, charged or political, and the political, you know, kind of like a lot of the racist, um, you know, um, Republican. Uh, anger a lot of times can be tied into like uh, uh, psychosexual shit, you know, stuff like that. But I think people kind of turn well, it okay, into a okay. No, I'll, I'll, yeah, no, I'll be fair. I'll be fair because, like, so I, I'm pretty sure it was Carol Hanish that uh, that coined the phrase, and it was in an essay where she was talking about like um, like the issues that people saw as simply uh, like this is just how society is, uh, like you know this this idea of this like uh, this patriarchal normative society where you know women are meant to tend to the children and tend to the household and you know it, it had come you know not very long after women were forced out of their household and had to work in like they had to be in the workforce they had to work in the factories etc uh to be able to support the war effort and then when the men came home uh from world war ii uh suddenly there was like a a, a snapback to i would say not just a snapback but i would say in many ways almost like a retrenchment like regressiveness into um, artificial domesticity. And so in her essay, what she was trying to capture is that like, yeah, these, these issues about what people consider personal in the household, it is a polit political issue. Like it is going to require, um, it is going to require like uh, legislation 
to end discrimination against women in the workplace, to allow women to, uh, to take up uh, roles with uh, more authority to be able to, uh, to gain equality in the workplace. So, yeah, that probably is an unfair um, reading. Of yeah, what the quote yeah, yeah, what it got Bush probably into is something really... Go ahead. Is that everything that happens oh. to you personally is political? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, this flattening of everything where it's like... Uh, who is willing to sleep with me is as like like flattening it so that so that the most individualistic and personal is as important as the most sweeping you know you know this this total loss of scope like people took the personal as political as an excuse to remove all scope and flatten everything so it's like me not getting laid is um yeah you know as important as uh where the people can eat and Another thing is like uh, incel them is kind of thought of as a white male issue, but I mean there's there's female incel them, there's black, white, Latino, well, I mean, whatever. The, the, whole issue, but, the uh the phrase incel was coined by a woman, and it wasn't just a uh, like a men only issue. I think that's kind of what Red did, Reddit did to bastardize it, but it was a phenomenon of people that you know it was it was men and women both that uh, simply could not find romantic relationships, like fulfilling romantic relationships. Uh, and you know, because of that, like they, they could not, uh, because of their inability to connect with people romantically, they weren't having sex. Like they wanted to be like, they were sexually available and they wanted to be in relationships, but they just couldn't find it. And what Reddit ended up doing with that is just for guys that were like lonely, sad and angry, and especially the ones who had tried the pickup artist route, but then it just didn't work out for them. It was like, well, you know, as a normie, I can't function. As somebody who's done all of this, like, gamifying of, like, pickup culture, still not working for me. So, like, look it. I guess there's just something biologically wrong with me. I'm just not built for I know, I'm not built for this life. And that's sort of where the yeah, even, current definition of inceldom comes from. Yeah, yeah. even this, like, uh, desirability politics discourse this is basically, like, uh, wolfwash intersectional inceldom, you know, at the end of the day. The yeah, where, yeah. Uh, but any anyway, um, let's uh, get to Owen. Uh, I see Owen is waiting there, and we'll talk to Owen, and then after that, we'll talk a little bit more about the senator and Q's unique perspective on this because he got embroiled in this controversy. Also, are you uh, eating something or chewing? This looks some kind of a wrapper. This like a yeah. Oh, sorry. Kind of... No, my bad. I'll mute myself. I'm actually tying up a garbage bag. Uh, I... Oh, that's what it is. Okay. <sighs> Yeah, 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 it sounds yeah. beautiful, oh, though, Trevor. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, God. No, the funny thing I, is, on the show that I on the show that I host with Glenn, uh, uh, unredacted, uh, the first caller that came on on Friday uh, slagged me and guest host Victor because he was like, "Yeah, you know, like one of you guys sounds like you're eating in the background." And we're like, "No, not, neither of us is eating." I'm like, yeah. Oh, know, shut up. In the background, like. I'm hearing noises in the background like little kids, and I'm like, well, yeah, like, I, I have children. And, yeah, because you, know, you got my children, wife is not here, so I gotta watch them. Yeah. But the funny thing was, the funny thing was, like, you know, he was like, well, you know, why aren't you guys talking? Because he was just there to troll, right? You know, you know what's funny, too? The guy, uh, the guy who called in and was doing that trolling, do you remember way back uh, in, like, 2000, I want to say it was, like, 2004 or five or some shit? Al Gore was giving a speech and then some guy got up and like asked him a bunch of pointed questions about him, like belonging to the Skull and Bone Society, same as George Bush. And then like tackled <laughs> him to the ground because he couldn't leave. And then he was like, and then they tased him. He was like, don't tase me, bro. Oh yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. I forgot, dude. That's where that comes from. Yeah. Don't, that's what don't tase me, bro. Comes yeah, from. I yeah, forgot yeah. that. Yeah. Wait, wait is that yeah, Owen's, is that, 
Is that Owen's voice or is somebody else? I think it's mine. Yeah. Oh, so Owen, okay, yeah, why am I not yeah. seeing the black thing around Owen? In, 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 you know when somebody talks, the, the, because his, the his circle? Because his picture is... Yeah, because his picture is not... Uh, his picture is a black circle. A purple oh, oh, a purple one. He has oh, a purple, oh, okay, a purple okay. one? Okay. That's weird. Okay. All, all, all right, cool, cool. I was just wondering what was going on. He was like... Um, the guy was saying, like, oh, you know, like... Uh, uh, and you guys aren't talking about, you know, abortion because it is a satanic plot to, like, depopulate the earth or whatever and the Bilderberg group and the, the World Economic Forum are trying to depopulate us. And so I was like, so wait a second, this dude is like, it's like, this guy is upset at me because he hears children in the background, but he's also against abortion. I'm like, well, what, what do you think kids do, bro? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, best sorry, joke I heard on that was, uh, it, it was, hey, I'm doing good. I guess the best joke I heard on that was a guy told me one time uh, he saw a pro like life mobile ride by and it was basically like a car with a uh like a plastic like aborted baby on top of it and they called it a pro like a, a pro-life vehicle and then my friend said he saw a pro-choice vehicle walk by and i had never seen one of those before and what he said it was was basically a big yellow thing with like for some reason a stop sign on it and it was filled with children yeah, I'm sorry. I was uh, trying to post some things somewhere about uh, letting people know that we're here. And I, I, I heard actually, you say, I heard I you say, laughing, a, but I didn't realize I was muted. That's pretty. Oh, cool, I, 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 I heard a aborted fetus on the roof. Yeah, so there's <laughs> these people who have like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. See, <laughs> <laughs> your uh, yeah, your your selective hearing uh, works out. Fantastic sometimes. Oh well, yeah, so on, uh, you had you had a comment before we got started. Oh my gosh, we're just sure like thing. I was basically saying that. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was basically saying that what y'all were basically the, uh, describing before is like identity politics and what it's like evolved to at this point. And when it comes to the uh, video that you guys like put in the description, I saw it, and like on one point, it's okay because it's like a pretty lady or whatever but at another point it like it's like basically represents it's kind of genius in like another way it basically represents the online commodification of like progressive politics at its like purest form in like a gene in like a genius way by this video basically being like a senator who is stereotypically attractive doing something that any normal person would do, but the place that she put it in because she's a senator and how she like put it into a certain context, not only talking about like voting, but also uh, being in a swimsuit. It's like pretty good marketing when you're a person who's specifically for identity politics, in my opinion. The, the thing that um, I found kind of interesting about that whole thing is I can't really tell what is the metric of if it works? And what I mean by that is we're in this this attention economy, right? Where it's like people just weigh attention over everything. And she seems to kind of be on that same tip. Like, you know, when she was, I saw her on this show, um, the Van Lathan um, podcast on Ringer. And she was kind of like... She was on Van Lathan. Yeah, and she was kind of like, yeah, it gets people talking and whatever. And 
No one was talking about this before, but now talking I can use this. To... Well, the idea, was, the idea was that this would get people talking about her and whatever, and then she could pivot that into more substantive talking about the issues. But when I search her name on online or whatever, that pivot is not happening. All it is is right-wing people make, making memes. They're putting, like, uh, some of them are actually pretty funny, I can't lie. Like, like there's a video of uh, Kamala Harris giving a speech somewhere outdoors, and, and they and they uh, and they edited her twerking oh, no. uh, on, on her head in front of Kamala Harris while she's speaking. Oh no! And they had That's and they had like funny. That's pretty funny. That's really yeah, yeah. I can't lie. Oh, Some of them surprisingly good Photoshop skills. I was very shocked that like <laughs> some of the things people were, were uh, coming up with. Uh, in, in, in that video of. Uh, Joe Biden putting um, the medal on the guy backwards, and, and uh, they they video. Did he actually put it on the guy backwards? Uh, yeah, seems no. like it. Unless uh, unless it's a very good unless it's a very good uh, fake video, but it, it looks pretty real. He puts it on the guy backwards, and the the medal's hanging on his back. But they alter the video so that he's uh, putting the medal on on her while she's twerking upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Hey, I pledge allegiance to the ass, bro. <laughs> yeah, she's she's not. It hasn't been. It hasn't, the pivot hasn't happened yet, and I'm wondering. But she is a household name right now, and I wonder if by her metric, um, or I guess the ultimate metric is if she gets reelected. I don't know. Yo, uh, Ber- Bernice in the chat was saying, <laughs> "Why didn't she write single payer on her butt cheeks?" Yo, that's funny. I just wanna oh, I just wanna call it. Single that's on one cheek and pair on the other. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like um I, I don't know if it's like I'm I'm just getting old. Uh oh wait, hey yo, hold hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, so I'm just gonna interrupt to I'm gonna interrupt the chat real quick with a uh, special announcement, and that's that out of the uh, sixty eight people in the room, eighteen are all are not logged in. So here's the thing. Um, our metrics do not hold up if there are people that are listening that are not logged in to, uh, to call in. So one way you can help our show and make sure that we stay here, uh, that we'll be able to come back on a week-to-week basis. It doesn't cost you anything except a little bit of time, like the less than one minute it takes you to do this. If you create an account with Colin and you log in uh, and you listen, it actually helps our metrics quite a bit to make sure that we do stick around. So if you like us, I, I hate to do the whole like uh, YouTube thing, but if you like us, please support us. Just uh, log into the account. It is absolutely free. It doesn't cost you nothing, but it does definitely help us with our metrics, helps the algorithm boost us uh, to the recommended shows. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like I, I don't know if it is that I'm getting old or that like I, 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 I certainly hope I'm not doing the zealotry of a convert thing, or I guess in my case, a revert. But it's, you know, some people, have, when, I, when, I, when I brought this up, um, I had a couple of people DM me and be like, bro, you're really like living right into that, uh, that, that role as a Muslim convert. And it's like, no, it's not that. Like I would have said, this, <laughs> I would have said this before. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, women should be, should be modest in their appearance. It, it, it's not that I would have said this even before. And it's not, it's not to do with, uh, this lady or twerking or whatever I find inappropriate. Like, listen, like if you're at the, if you're at the club or you're at a day party or whatever, you and your friends basement and y'all are just playing around. I don't care. Do whatever you want. It's just a time and place thing, right? Like you're not at you're not at uh, Caravana or Toronto Caribbean, Car- Caribbean Carnival 
you know, you're not, it's also on St. Clair. You're not really, you're not at a party venue. Like, sure, you're at a beach, but you're also a state senator. And, you know, I saw people saying just weird shit like, oh, well, you know, if it was a, if it was a white woman who was doing this, y'all would, y'all would eat it up. And it's like, which, which white woman state senator is twerking in a bikini upside down? Like, I, if that well, happens, there was an old lady who did, everybody did find out was a, a stripper, right? Remember? Uh, apparently that was false, but, you know, people were like, Dang. oh, well, you know, nobody would have a problem with it if. And it's like, well, uh, it, no, I, I saw people trying to say that when Lauren, when people were accusing Lauren Bulbert of being a former escort, um, they were like, oh, well, nobody really cared about that. When I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Nobody cared about it. Everybody was talking about it. And they were trying to get her to resign for supposedly being a hypocrite. So, yeah, I, I don't really know about all that. This, this, this like there is no double standard there. Remember, um, I forget the name of the uh, the lady who was a uh, a congresswoman out in California, and her ex husband uh, did revenge porn. Like he dropped some naked photos of her, like uh, you know pictures of her, uh, you know pictures of her like pubic area, and she had like taken some nudes. But then it also came out that like they had a like a three way relationship with one of her staffers and people were saying that that's like you know textbook sexual harassment but the issue wasn't that um they came onto a staffer and sort of pressured them into a sexual relationship is that they were already in the a throuple or a polycule or whatever you want to call it and they hired their third as a staffer so to me it's like well that's not exactly the same thing and sure it's inappropriate to put somebody that you're in a sexual relationship with on your payroll but i don't know that you could call that textbook sexual harassment but anyway she ended up having to resign and it was primarily because of the uh, the nude photos. So it's like, yeah, I don't really know about all that because there have been examples uh, where, you know, somebody can be shamed into leaving office because of some sexual shit. In this case, it's not even something that she did publicly to be, like, uh, publicly released. It was revenge porn. And she still had to leave. So all of these accusations of double standards don't really hold up when that has never been the case. Well, hold, hold on, Q, because Bernicia is making a point in the chat, and I would like to ask you, this ain't the question I was going to ask, but it's a good question that has to do with this. Oh, if boy, this specific, I'm just saying, if this specific politician who posted this TikTok or whatever was specifically mm-hmm. a sex worker who was also a politician who specifically not only advocated for like uh, sex workers' <sighs> rights, and also, hey, I'm just saying, hold on, and mm-hmm. also they were like, uh, <laughs> Doing the whole like regular squad BS like Medicare for all while they're running, but when they actually when they do nothing, this mm-hmm. is in my opinion perfect marketing. If she if she was that type of politician, but she is not. But in that specific like fictional world, where she was that politician, could you not agree that this is like genius marketing on her? Team? No, no, time and place. <laughs> so you know she no because at the end of it she like I, I don't know some people were saying that she was joking and some people were saying like no it's a serious it was a serious campaign appeal, but you know she uh, said like you know vote vote to Merrimack, and it's like yeah. when you start yeah, mixing, but you're also talking about this like you have up. any respect for these people, Q. Like I, I don't have any well, respect for these politicians because we know who they are. Now. <laughs> they don't. I, I, yeah, so you want to make yourself look ridiculous. Okay, yeah. I don't care about you. I don't believe in you. Like you're you're a liar. We've all figured that out now. So if these Man, people want to make themselves look ridiculous while not helping any of the actual people that they say they do, go ahead and look like an ass. Which you but, so, but so many so many white people. When Q pointed out uh, his tweet, uh, I don't want to paraphrase your tweet because I don't want to ruin it. But 
Um, do you remember the, the specific tweet? I'm afraid of oh, paraphrasing. Yeah. Like, she was saying that, like, you know, it's nice to see a, bo- a bunch of, like, you know, raging misogynists and racists. No, no, or... no, 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 no. Your tweet that got all the uh, grief. Oh, yeah, I said, I, said, I said you draw a salary to draft and pass legislation, right? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and a lot of white socialists got got up they in were there. So and mad. Yeah, they were so mad. They were telling you, you're telling a woman what to do, and... And there's a lot of white knighting, and there was a lot of, and I think it's kind of interesting. Was some people were bringing up, you know, like uh, black women and this and that. But ironically enough, if you actually go onto uh, black woman Twitter, not not weird intersectional uh, Twitter, but like regular like black women, they've been some of the they harshest critics on her. Yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. harshest, harshest critics on her. But it's very interesting that these white people. But I think because these white people, she is the typical type of black woman that they know. Or feel comfortable around. So, yeah. uh, okay, in, their, yeah, in their mind, yeah. I found what said, Dan, twerking upside down really makes the conservative, unhinged internet co- accounts pop off on a Monday. To which I said, you draw a public salary to draft and pass legislation. And yeah, people were really pissed off that I said that. They're like, well, she is drafting and passing legislation. And I was like, okay, cool. She should just continue doing that, right? Like, stop being a sideshow freak. And uh, yeah, they were just, oh, well, are you are you telling a woman how she should comport herself? I'm like, well, she's a public <laughs> servant, so yes, I should be able to tell her how to fucking comport herself. But, like, but but the, yeah, but there's a... people aren't used to them us controlling them. They don't think of it as like the people are the managers or the people in charge, and these yeah. politicians are employees. People don't think about it like that. No, they, they, they think they're that these people are in charge all. of us. No, they think yeah, that, no, it's exactly. even worse. It's not even just it's not even just that they're above like criticism. People genuinely think that that uh, politicians aren't the ones who fail us. We fail the politicians. Like whenever you hear yeah, people exactly. say things like "vote blue no matter who," it's like it's like people actually think that Democrats are in charge of black people. That uh, politics, like they they actually call the shots, and we're the ones who are supposed to listen and follow. I, I mean, look at things. Dollars, but. Look at slogans like uh, Hillary at one point said, uh, "It's my turn," you know, like 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 it was a coronation and it's her time, and then uh, that kind of tested badly. But later on, uh, when she was running against Trump, uh, she had that slogan, uh, "I'm with her," and then Trump made a yeah. great point. He's like, he's like, um, what kind of politician says, uh, "I'm with her"? Her slogan should be. I'm with, I'm with you, you. like yeah, I, the yeah, politician. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I was like, damn, he got her there. And you know, uh, a lot of the media would not give him points for anything because it was someone to tank for Hillary. But I think while the media was just bashing him twenty four seven, the actual people were being swayed by uh, arguments, arguments like that, and the media totally missed it because they have no type of connection with the people on the ground. They're so into yeah. access. There's someone to access and being like, you know, the right hands or the cronies or friends of the people in power. They're the type of people who don't even believe corruption among politicians, like, really matters at all. Like, they're the same. Everybody does it. That's the point that they make. That's the point. They're like, these people don't. Uh, I know they're all evil at taking money, but if you just are in their office and you're in their ear, you're able to make some change. And Honestly, like, if you look you at know, if you look at everything, this is how everything works now. I didn't realize it until somebody uh, I read an article that pointed it out, but it was an article talking about how the, in the old days, do you remember what 
gossip magazines used to be. It used to be like sitting outside your house, going through your trash. They had a really hostile, like the old National Enquirer. They had this really hostile um, relationship with celebrities, and they would just pay anybody, do whatever. And if you look now, uh, in the age of TMZ and BuzzFeed especially, it's so buddy-buddy. Like, all the coverage, you could tell just blatantly planted by the publicist. There's no hostility. All they want is access to the person. Like like that story about Zendaya tried to cook the other day and she almost burned their house down. That's PPG. such a rich person story. It makes me furious. But that's the, it's, just so, it's just so fake. That is such a fake. The publicist says she hasn't been in the news for a while. Let's make a fake story. Let's give it to Buzz. Like you still tell. It's the hey, BuzzFeed. Why not, why not easy, why not easy uh, one million clicks? Sure, guys, give it to us. Like the old National Enquirer, if you came at them with that type of story, they'd be like, "Who cares?" Like, uh, yeah, we want to know yeah, yeah. who's sleeping. So, like, it's gotten so symbiotic now. Yes, like, everything like new, is symbiotic. Parasitism. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, celebrity gossip, uh, TV and movie reviewing. You know, everybody's trying to get invited to the premiere. Who's doing reviews? And politics is the same way now. Everything is so symbiotic and whatever. Oh man, we we have somebody. We have people waiting. I'm, I'm sorry, Owen, but oh, doctor's, been, doctor's been waiting for a while. Now we have Robert there. But as usual, you're welcome to come back. Come back up. Uh, yeah, you know. of course, of course. I got y'all. Let me get everybody else on. But thank you for the uh, the talk, though, fellas. Appreciate it. Thanks. It's a pleasure as always. Hey, hey thanks going? for being so patient. How's it going? Hey, thanks. No problem. So yeah, with this TRM Act. I just have, I, I think we should just like keep it, keep this in context, like who she represents, Providence, Rhode Island. She represents Providence, Rhode Island, basically. And she went to Brown University. She represents, she went to see Brown students, Brown University students. And, and, you know, you heard her say, like, she was talking about, oh, I'm an Ivy, I'm an Ivy League graduate and blah, 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 blah. And I've been saying for years, like, you you have to be stu- you have to go to an Ivy League school to do something and say something this stupid. You like yeah, it's like that, no that, that it's like that makes you that makes you look so much worse. It's like so yes. if you have all of those accomplishments and credentials, why do you have to resort to this? Because because their logic they have this weird fixation with this idea of code switching. They're obsessed with code switching and showing that. They can supposedly do it. And I think it comes from an insecurity with uh, their black identity. So they're always, I notice they're always trying to show like, hey, I can be smart and I can, you know, yeah, use big words, but I can also be, be stank. You know, I can also, but their idea of like blackness is always like the most uh, stereotypical uh, version. Like, like, like their idea of cold speaking is, yeah. yeah, yeah, mammy stuff or Jezebel stuff. Yeah, they call it sophista ratchet, and it's like ever since that phrase, it's embarrassing. It's like, okay, oh, so embarrassing. Everything's downhill from here because it's like, because like they don't actually. Let me put this. This is it's not organic. It doesn't actually come from the way they really think and act and behave. They weren't raised that way. It's almost like it's almost like the way that a white person would imitate uh, black people stereotypes, but because they do it, it's okay. Yeah, I think I, I think that's why that's why the white people like it because she gives them a license to do it around them she's that they their, can't do. She's their pet monkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, yeah. She's, she's see it at every university. You see it at parties, at frat parties. I've seen it all my whole. I am. It, it's and it's not surprising. I, 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 great. 
I mean, I mean, pet pet monkey is kind of racially loaded, though. So I think we need a different term, uh, term than that. But I I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Whatever. He's he's black. He can say it. But uh, yeah. The, I know it, it kind of reminds me of that um, that meme picture of uh, these college kids dressed up like the Scooby Doo gang, and then this this, this black girl dressed up like Scooby Doo on her knees with her paws up. Oh like, yeah. Uh, it just feels a lot like that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do, and so do you like, remember that like movie, Dear White People? Yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see yeah, it. I, I, actually, no. I'm sorry. I saw the show. I didn't see the movie. Sorry. I saw no, the, the, movie. the yeah. I saw the movie when it came out, and it was just like that whole thing, like what you're saying, like that anxiety about. Oh, and and I don't know what it is, but like they, like it's being like the one person at, at a black school at, at an Ivy League school. And I guess they grew up. They were in the suburbs. They grew up in just like all around white people, and they just feel the need to perform for them, or I don't know. It, well, 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 well. You know something interesting, Doctor. Um, I was looking for the the clip of the TikTok to put it in the um, description so that people who were coming to the show could know what we're talking about. So it's in the description. But when I was looking for it, I saw another TikTok that I thought was that one because it was clearly the same day with the same swimsuit. And, you know, so I clicked that one thinking it was, um, you know, the twerking video. And I saw it was her hanging on the beach with her friends. And they were all like the preppiest, um, <laughs> dork, dorkiest looking white people. So I was like, wait a minute, you know, on the, on the videos, when you're on Van Lathan, all these things, are like, oh, people think because I'm an Ivy League, you know, politician, I can't just hang out and you get ratchet with my friends. But then when I saw the actual friends you were with, I'm like, okay, th- these people, they, they look like brown students. <laughs> like, like it's, it's going to what you're saying. Like, she's hanging out. Like, the people she's hanging out and doing this with are not, like, you know, of the culture, you know? And it's kind of embarrassing when you see yeah, that she's friends there hanging to, out with yeah, no, it's, the white people really... like them so she gets able to you know tap into however they sort of fetishize black people no for sure so I what think are, you're what absolutely really about right that is, uh... oh, hold on did we lose you or, or is it just me I can't hear you Q it was a white person who said I, that. I was like what the fuck what are you talking about white puritanism um most of what you said, I couldn't hear, but I don't know if it was just me or if everybody was. I couldn't me. hear it either. Okay, so it was everybody. So you may want to start over, Q. Wait, still can't hear him. Uh, Q, are you talking or I don't know what's happening. Um, okay, well, women you know to what? Watch their husbands around black women. Like, wait, uh, Q, you're still cutting in and out. So all we heard was watch their husbands around black women. That was it. Are you able to hear me, Q? I wonder if it's a two-way thing. Okay, let's hold on and see. Yeah, but while we're waiting for Q to sort out whatever's going on with his um, sound, um, yeah, I'm going to try to see if we can find the, t- the TikTok and, and show it. But uh, you know what show I think was very emblematic of that, you know, Sophista Ratchet was uh, insecure. It used to drive me crazy when whenever she would rap, it would be the most, like, you know, disgusting, slack, um, dirty pussy, you know, it's funny with Insecure. Mm-hmm. The only people, the only people who would recommend Insecure to me were white people. Nobody white, ever what? said to me, "Hey, you should go check out Insecure." It was white people. No, same, same here. But also, the you know, it's interesting. So things happen to me a lot with with Desus and Miro too. Like white white people used to always come up to me and be like, uh, "Yo, Desus and Miro, you gotta try it." And I would try it, <laughs> and they'd be like, "They'd be drinking forties with." Uh, AOC or, you know, with uh, Anna Kendrick. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weirdly m- minstrelly. And uh, 
borderline way, yeah, you know. They fell, they fell, because they want to get, they've wanted to get days, and they were big, they came off Twitter, and like, they were really funny, but like, now they're like, their whole thing is like, oh, the, the brand is strong, we would, they want, they just want to, they want to get that check, they want to get, get, get famous, and that's yeah, what they're doing time. now. But big time, but, uh, but, uh, I agree with you. It's always been white people that recommend, uh, Insecure to me, but whenever black people I find like really, really did like Insecure, like hardcore, it would always be people that had that same vibe Tierra Mac has right now. Like it's, you know, like, uh, hey Q, is your sound, is your sound issue sorted? Are you, oh yeah, you want to try did again? I, did I, did I blank out? Oh yeah, yeah. We, we kept trying to tell you that we couldn't hear what you were saying. That's why I just started talking. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, the only thing we heard was um, access, uh, didn't want to leave them alone with the black women or access to oh, yeah, black yeah, women. Yeah, I was just saying that, like, no, when when somebody tells me that, uh, you know, that, uh, like, my my turn towards puritanism is something that was, like, instilled by white people, it's like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the relationship that white people have had with black men and women is as always, always already available sexual beings that don't have like our, our sexuality and uh, hypersexuality is our most defining characteristic. That, that is what takes over. So it's like you egging this on is actually much more indicative of white supremacy. Cause it's like, yeah, it's something that you're able to do. You're like, you should, you feel entitled to be titillated by black women because historically that's how, how white men related to them. So I, I don't really know and, where people and, get and this be, idea that I'm being a Puritan. It's like, no, and they replied to you, kind of. They replied to you, kind of bear that out because it was all like the, the white people kind of egging it on, and the black people in your mentions were like, well, "What's wrong with these people?" Like, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just the thing is like, and I pointed it out. I was like, I find it really funny that the majority of my responses, people mad at me, are white people, right? Like the the black people in the thread, they saw exactly what was wrong with it, and it's just like, you don't. Another thing I'd like to point you, out. If, oh, sorry. You don't have anything to prove. Like you don't have you don't you don't have anything to prove. You don't need to look for attention. You're already a state senator. Just stick to that work. But but I also think to some degree, I think they think that is authentic um, black culture to twerk everywhere. Not saying twerking isn't black culture, but twerking everywhere, no matter what. Like you know, is yeah. I think they think that's that's authentic uh, black culture. Lame Lizzo. Like, like you know. Lame Lizzo. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even before Lizzo, there's oh, been so God. many people, but she definitely took it to the the, ne- the next level. I mean, um, between Megan Thee Stallion, Lizzo, all these people, they've kind of made twerking, and, but and it's kind of become the internet in general has made it more popular. Like, like, like you know, people just twerking everywhere at a funeral, like anywhere. It's just you know, like uh, growing up, there's always been before they called it twerking. I remember they used to call it whining and all this other stuff, but you did it in appropriate places. It was not this. Uh, you know, and I think they would understand that with um, white people, if a white person was doing something sexual at a inappropriate place. But I think in some uh, low-key racist way that they think is actually being an ally, you just think, well, that's what, just what black people do. They just get in heat wherever they go, and you're uh, policing that. It's it's uh, low-key insulting to me. What do they call yeah. it? The soft, soft bigotry of low expectations? Yes, thank you. Yeah, you exactly. nailed it. Thank you. Um, if you don't mind, Doctor, unless you have anything else you want to say real quick, I was going to move on to uh, Robert. And, you know, as usual, uh, you, you could always come back up. Sure. Well, one last thing I just want to point out. Cool. Um, she represents District 6, 
that district has 28,000 people in it. In the primary, she got 1,500 votes. And in the general election, she won with uh, 700 votes. So it's kind of, it's just interesting how... Um, you just cut out, at least for me, I don't know for everyone. So all I heard is it's interesting that, and then it cut out. Oh, um, that, uh, it took so few people to put her on the map because really, like the, the number of people that she represents, like the size of her constituency is, in the grand scheme of things, it's microscopic. Yeah, sorry, can you hear Oh, me? yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, yeah. oh thanks. Wait, so, so, okay. so, so Q, you were able to hear him. So it was just a me problem. Yeah, it was you problem. Okay, so, as, so as it's with, me. As with okay. many things, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like a story of my life. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. Sorry you. about that, Doc. All right. Th thank you. It was a pleasure. So, Robert, uh, come on down. And also, you know, if anybody is sticking up for her, uh, whether it's Robert or anyone else, you know, don't feel feel free. I don't want to make people think this is a echo I, chamber. Completely, I'm completely, as always, like I'm open to persuasion that I'm wrong. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, have, I haven't heard a compelling case so far, but I'm open to it. Okay. Oh, yeah, Robert, feel free to unmute. Robert, are you there? Yeah, you can unmute yourself, bro. Uh, lower right-hand corner. All right. Hey, if Robert, if you're having some sound issues, we can always... Uh, I'm going to um, put Owen into the, the queue. Feel free to, like, hop back on, and if you're able to sort that out, we can uh, we can then uh, take your call. Cool. Yeah, if you got an Android, Robert, what you got to do is uh, turn on the phone, I guess, permissions, and also the app permissions as well. If you have oh, an Android, yeah. yeah, that happens too. Yeah. All right, so I had okay. This is about to be a real question for both, for both of y'all. Y'all know how my questions is, so it's very <laughs> specific. It All doesn't right. have to do with the topic we're talking about today, but it does have to do with like the usual stuff we talk about when it comes to like I guess uh, working people versus the middle class, or basically like. Uh, a proletariat, regular proletariat BS. So uh, let me know when you're ready for a question. Yep, go ahead, go ahead, shoot. All right. So in this burgeoning new age of union popularization, what should be our strategy to keep the rich from weaponizing the middle class against the economic majority and from corrupting these new unions? Is hmm. I feel like I feel like you're setting me up for something. Like I want to answer seriously, but I feel like I'm being set up. No, you're not. I'm just I'm like seriously asking you asking you a question. <laughs> no, because you, you 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 your voice was like your tone of voice was so dire that I'm like I feel like I'm about to like I'm about to be the punchline of a joke. It's because I just got off um, work and I hate my employer. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. I got to like, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I don't want to sound like a nihilist, but I think, um, and I should probably like write something about this pretty soon. And that's that like, you know, those of us in the working class, and I know a lot of people think that like, oh, you know, you have a, you have a podcast or whatever. So you're not in the working class. Yeah, I do fucking work for a living. Um, yeah, those of us in the working class, we've been lapped like for the last, the Reagan years beat our fucking asses and it's just been downhill ever since. Um, I could probably trace it back to the moment that like in the late 1970s, where like financialization of markets took over, like the, the ability to financialize companies, uh, through public listings, uh, that being considered more important than, uh, the production output of companies. I think that was, that was kind of toast for, um, for union rights. And 
the, the middle class has always been a weapon against unions uh, and against the working class because it promised that there was upward mobility that hey you, you don't just have to you don't just have to work in the factory and live in a you know two bedroom bungalow or rented apartment um you know with enough hard work you too can make manager you can have your detached uh you can have your, your detached home in the suburbs so whatever work was necessary to counteract those effects needed to have been done in the 1960s and unfortunately america primarily but i mean this happened all over the world this was happening in europe as well um what they did instead was trade uh genuine worker-based movements uh you know there was no there's there was no repeat of like <coughs> excuse me the uh communist party usa doing you know black and white united and fight uh in the interwar years there was there was none of that it was like postmodernism, it was like hippie culture, hedonism, uh, like almost like a return to Dadaism. Uh, like every, like nothing, there was so much revolutionary energy pegged up by around 1968, and then it just fucking deflated. And I think Kurt Vonnegut described it as having all of the effects of a custard pie dropped from six feet, which is that like all of the die-ins and the anti-war protests, and like, you know, Americans have this idea that the Vietnam anti-war protests are what ended the Vietnam War. No, no it was the fucking Viet Cong that ended the, the Vietnam War. So, like, I, I think we—it's already way too late for that. It's like we're toast. We're done. Um, and I think that we've got a sort of a charybdis to the Shila of uh, bourgeois co-optation of uh, class politics and uh, anti-racism and even like. Uh, like uh, uh, environmentalism. And that is that, you know, we are staring down the barrel of a climate crisis, whether people want to believe like anthropogenic uh, global warming is true or not. The fact of the matter is it is, but this like technocratic approach to solving the problem, which like puts innovation ahead of human lives. Uh, so it's like, we can innovate our way out of this crisis rather than changing any of our actual behavior. Unfortunately, like we're too late for there, there to be any, any meaningful intervention by like by environmentalists by socialists by you know progressive liberals by anybody by people proposing a green new deal like we're just we're way too late for any of that shit the best we can do really is start planning for how we get through crisis periods and what we do with the aftermath and i don't want to sound like chicken little but like if people are paying attention to what's happening i was, I was actually just saying, saying this on aaron mate's show um before our show started we had a quick conversation but like if you pay attention to what's happening with um, central banks, uh, the U.S. earlier in July bumped its key interest rate up by 75 basis points. So a single basis points is one hundredth of one percent. So normally, um, in order to like fight off inflation and to restrict the money supply, you'll see the central bank um, bump the key interest rate by, you know, 15 basis points, 20 basis points, 25 sometimes in like dire times 50 basis points you know to sort of cool off the economy and restrict the money supply uh the u.s bumped the key interest rate or the u.s central bank bumped the key interest rate by 75 basis points so uh 0.75 percent in canada we bumped it by 100 basis points um that is like one percent a full percent i can't remember any time in my lifetime that i've seen that happen uh, central banks across Europe, they're also bumping up their key interest rates by uh, by high amounts. And what this means is that 
they're making an indication that money is not going to be so easy to get access to. Banks are restricting credit, which means that they're restricting leverage, which means that, uh, for example, you know, companies that have the ability to leverage their capital into loans. And, you know, back when the you know key interest rate was like 0.00% and they wanted all of these loans to be extended, um, it was very cheap. Like you would be silly to keep your money in reserve rather than taking out uh, loans uh, in order to invest in other companies or to invest in real estate or to do stock buybacks or anything like that. Well, that's all over. Um, venture capital is pulling back. Uh, there's not as much money to go around anymore. Um, many companies that were expecting rounds of venture funding aren't actually getting them. Um, many large companies are having to tighten the belt. So Facebook is going to be laying off a bunch of staff. Other tech companies are going to end up falling like dominoes. And the the issue is, is that it's not as if we're experiencing a crisis right now. I think what we're experiencing now is that we are looking forward to a pretty bleak few years, like between the uh, continuing warming of the climate to um, the fact that the uh, the food supply, which is normally uh, provided by uh, Ukraine, provides like, what was it, like something like 40% of Europe's staple crops, especially wheat. Um, they've missed their growing season. So it's just the, the EU is simply not going to get the same kinds of food staples that they're used to. Uh, they're also restricting energy usage. So Germany is down to like 40% of their energy capacity. Uh, the EU is also... Uh, preparing for what could be possible, like rolling brownouts, etc. Um, natural gas prices are going through the fucking roof, and uh, the the ability for people to heat their homes over the winter is going to be a hell of a lot more expensive. Because rather than relying on natural gas from Russia, they're having to import uh, liquid gas and oil from elsewhere. So it's not what's happening right now; it's what's going to be happening in the next one to possibly five years. It's going to be a bunch of bleak fucking years. So the the opportunity to intervene meaningfully and stop any of this from happening that window is closed so the idea of like you know trying to do anything about the rich co-opting the middle class i don't know that that can actually accomplish anything i think we've got way bigger fish to fry and we need to do better at long-term planning because unfortunately they're not really planning for it like they're not they don't when I say they, I mean, like, you know, if we're, if we're talking about like global elites, politicians, you know, multi-billionaires, uh, CEOs, etc. They're not really concerned with our welfare or how many of us are going to make it through this crisis. What they're concerned with is protecting their profits, protecting whatever they have and maintaining their own position. So I know this is super long winded, but I've been thinking about this for a little while and it's hard not to come away with really pessimistic answers. Yeah, but there's I feel like, OK, so. Basically, the problems that you summarized come in the form, in my opinion, of left-leaning PMCs whose identity politics are progressive, but their economic priorities lie on their personal bottom lines. But fortunately, these, uh, I guess, bourgeois liberals make things easy when they don't have the ability to correctly communicate their ideas to the employees that are under them, which arguably makes it easier or organizers within certain spaces. I guess that's what's positive. I mean, not exactly. Like, I'm not, I would say the, uh, you know, the progressive PMT types don't really factor into this at all. Like, the only, the only purpose that they have is to act as a pressure valve for what could be, like, populist resentment on the left. Uh, so, like, they're there to act as, like, I don't know, they're there to magnetize people in who have, ostensibly left politics or progressive politics, but aren't willing to like engage in some form of social upheaval. 
So they want to be able to mm. make changes within the system and the current structure. But people like, you know, Elizabeth Warren and even to an extent like people like Bernie Sanders, like they don't they're they're not there to affect radical change. They're there to like stave off uh left populism that could wind up in all out revolt. So I don't oh, okay. they're, 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 okay. yeah, I don't I don't I don't really see the salience of those like those types because they don't perform a function other than like deadening or like blunting uh the impact of left revolution. Okay, I, uh, I, I, I yeah. want to ask something to what um, Q was saying, but um, and this is the thing I bring up like all the time. So people who listen to the show are probably sick of hearing me um, talk about it. But you know, there's this concept called uh, hyper reality, where this idea of, but you can call it almost like like the idea of like a false a false opposite, like something that exists to kind of seem like the opposite of something but it hides the fact that it's really just a lesser it's like a yeah. narcissism of small differences so it's kind of like um the examples i always use are like uh prison like prison is there to make the world outside prison seem more free but what prison actually is is a hyper real version of so-called free life like like we live in a police state you can't do what you want the police can enter your house whenever they want they can abuse you and you know kill you and there's a fake show trial but you know they're going to get away with it uh you know the government can do what it wants to you and you have to take it you live in a kind of police state it's just the the prison is a concentrated uh more pure version of what we live in that gives us the release valve the pressure valve of feeling hey we live in something called freedom where something like las vegas you know we think las vegas is a place where there is reckless gambling and and hyper capitalism and hyper sexualization and commodified sex and that the regular world we live in is the pure world you know the world that's not uh, run by uh 24 7 commodified sex but all of us have like a porn delivery system in our, in our pockets where um everyone's gambling on crypto like the whole world is a is a casino you know what i mean and vegas just exists to kind of make us think that we live in something opposite than what than what we live vegas in. Like wishes fake... vegas wishes that they had something as brutally effective and uh like had the ability to siphon money out of people's pockets as video game microtransactions Oh yeah, or, or, or Robin Hood. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It, that's your video game record. Yeah, yeah, and same, and same with all the other stuff. And I feel like uh, to go back to what Q was saying, I feel like a lot of the people that are being held up, you know, in fr- in front of us as like these big shocks to the system. I mean, the way the Democrats treat them, I think, adds to the illusion. Like like the way that the the Democratic establishment treats Bernie Sanders, you would think. You know he's he's storming like um, Stalin. You know d- during Red October. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think he he's uh, trying to take heads with the French Revolution or something? But uh, at the end of the day, he plays it safe. When when uh, Biden got the nomination, he was carrying a lot of water for him, and you know, um, dig behind his legs or ran away. Yeah, you, you, you say what you will about Breonna Joy Gray. A lot of people were uh, getting mad at her, but she. Did you know? Say I'm not gonna need need to Biden. Like fuck him. Even if my my former was boss on was that doing ass. It. That's why. I like yeah, she. Yeah, she was. I, yeah, I give it to her. I, I, that's all I was gonna say. But yeah, no, I, 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 no, I, it's a, it, 
that gave me a lot of respect for her. Like, you know, it's funny because like I used to vehemently disagree with her, like way back when she was uh, just getting started with the intercept, etc. Uh, and, you know, gradually, like, I think in some ways, like, she moderated her positions, and in a lot of other ways, I was, like, on my way farther left, and somewhere, somewhere, like, we hit equilibrium, and then I kind of drifted farther left than she is, so I find that kind of funny, but I had nothing but respect for her when, you know, people were like, well, are you going to vote for Joe Biden? She was like, fuck no. <laughs> I was like, good for you, good for you. Like, I, I really appreciate somebody who can stick to their principles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these people are still, you know, part of the system at the end of the day. And I think uh, everything Q said, I think, was absolutely right. But I, I think these people, these PMC types, and I I'm, think I'm largely repeating what Q was saying with this is, I, I don't think they're as significant as people think. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing has been during a period of like unprecedented uh, growth. And this giant boom market, like this, there's technically been a couple of recessions by like the strict technical definition, you know, but not any real recession as in like when people, it registers in people's pockets and memories as a recession. Like, like just, it's been shooting up since 2008, then like it slows down and like drops a little bit here, just taking a breather for it shoots back up again. And, um, during that time, I think there's a lot of indulgence of, you know, a lot of cultural, politics and this type of identity politics but i think when yeah. all this stuff that q was talking about hits the fan and a lot of people are underestimating a lot of things that like like this um i think a lot of people think this ukraine thing is just basically like an episode of the west wing and and they think um that, that the president of ukraine Zelensky, is just like a a shit lib or something like like like, like he's fighting for roe versus wade or like, like the way liberals and the media make that conflict sound, but that thing's going to have real supply chain issues. It's going to, it's going to wreak havoc on uh, the European continent and their economy and, and their, their politics. And people, a lot of voters are taking sides uh, in different countries. Italy's having some kind of election and people are getting like kind of radicalized by that conflict and the energy yeah. ripples it's having out there and everything. And I think, um, when the when that ripple effect happens and the money dries up, people aren't going to have a lot of tolerance for a lot of this stuff, and it makes me worry Hopefully. about a lot of. Oh, oh, yeah, but yeah, but some of the stuff that I'm thinking they want to have tolerance for is also like a lot of this unionization stuff. Like I think a lot of these newfound union wins are um, going to be in danger of being rolled back if people don't really plan plan life after the union very seriously and what I, yeah. what I mean by that what I mean by that is one thing that worries me about a lot of these newfound unions is that mixed in you know with these unions there's a new kind of uh worker this kind of employee activist kind of worker who yeah. is the kind of person that wants yeah. to fight with that wants to fight with Netflix about what what shows they're putting on or wants yeah. to uh get mad at Amazon and not work because they um, don't like that they, they print some books that they think are like um, transphobic and different things. And what's kind of happening is a lot of these companies are all um, starting to fire these people as like, you know, uh, Facebook just announced they're going to fire a bunch of people who aren't helping to make money. Netflix said, you know, if you don't like our politics, 
you can work somewhere else. Like we're we're tired of this. And I think it's all because when we had a lot of money, we could put up with this. Uh, shit is the shit is looking bad. Netflix lost all these viewers, and they were like, "Okay, we're tired of you guys. Okay, we tried to we tried to placate you. We wanted to score the woke points, you know, but now we just don't care about uh, the woke points." And one thing I don't want these unions to do, I hope they don't let people in the workplace squander a lot of social capital or political yeah. capital fighting yeah. um, these kind of silly, not silly, but um, these kind of identity battles, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope I'm making sense. That That's my big, big fear. I don't want them to, I, I don't know what you think about that, Owen or, or Keith. Yeah, I, I agree. I would just say that uh, when I, when I meant like PMCs, I, I meant like literal liberals who are managers within workplaces when it comes to like organizing situations. But I do get what you guys are saying when it comes to PMCs and like a political sense and a representative certainly that we have now, because I can definitely tell that's going to become a bigger and bigger problem because when it comes to all these Starbucks people trying to unionize, they're starting to close any store that creates a union instead of just trying to bargain with the union just in general. It's it. And it's, I think it's going to get that type of way in the future. If, certain things are passed and things keep going how they've been going for a while. Yeah, I like all this union, this union action. I just want to make make that clear. I just... But where are the I'm strike so... funds, though? Where these unions... I don't I don't hear them talking about strike funds. Like, hey, anytime one of these unions get in the news, they should be promoting a strike fund. But it seems like it's like you guys were talking about before. It's just a bunch of kids who want to get people or people who want to get people together without having like a solid like economic or like any sort of ideology to hold them back when they start to get fired. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's a, it's a, I mean, Q knows more about the labor stuff than than I do because because he actually went and interviewed uh, the Amazon people and has had his um, feet in the his boots on the ground with the, with a lot of this stuff. Do you know anything about the strike fund point that he's making that Owen's making Q? The Q's Q is he still? I don't know. I can't hear him either. Oh. He's still on mute. Yeah, he's still on mute. I don't know if he's talking he's on mute or if he had to step away. His kids oh, are... Sorry. No, no I, was, okay, like, I was trying desperately to not end the room because I was trying to tap the unmute button and then I got, would you like to end the room? Cancel or end? <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> hey, yo, let me not, let me not. Um, anyway, um, it, no, your point regarding strike funds, were you talking about like whether, um, you know, the, the people who actually have the ability are calling for strike funds or what were you referring to? Well, there? the thing is, it's like when these people form unions and they like promote them on social media or like online or any of these like independent online newspapers, I don't see any of them mm-hmm. talking about or trying to direct people towards their strike fund because they don't have any power if they don't have the ability to like monetarily, I guess, like uh, attack the capital that owns their like company or business. So in order for them to have um, power and they feel like striking, they have no money to do that. So it would make sense if they like tried to direct people towards like a strike fund or something. I don't know to, about like, that. I don't, I don't know about that. Cause like the, uh, the teamsters, they've been striking for what? Like, I think, I think next week it'll be their 10th week. Um, so, uh, which <laughs> teamsters? Uh, teamsters strike, uh, local shit. Which one was it? Uh, God. It was a it was a uh, Teamsters Union for Concrete Mixers. Uh, mm. I'll have to go and look this one up. But I know that there was a 
I don't think there was a, uh, a union um, or a, a Teamsters uh, uh, chapter that was on strike. And there, I mean, there are like strikes happening all across the U.S. Yeah. Uh, on a, like on a continuous basis. Um, God damn it. It will come back to me because I know this was in, yeah. this was in uh, Idaho somewhere. Um, the, the other teams were on strike, but there's like there's, the strikes happening all over the place. I think, uh, like having asking people to direct money to strike funds, uh, sure. I don't know if that's the most important thing right now for at least for large unions, anyway. Because, yeah, well, I, that's when part it comes of, that's part of what the union yeah. does cover, the thing is, is like if they're I'm talking about small, like the Starbucks unions, like these smaller oh, unions who aren't together yet and don't have strike funds implemented within their like union that they're creating it seems like it's just a bunch of people all coming together on the same issues and agreeing on them without like how one of y'all were saying before about thinking what's what happens no, after. That's, that's also what happens not, that's, after also, no, that's also not true that's not true um okay so start no starbucks union is under uh workers united and oh it is yeah, okay. and Workers United actually put together. Yeah, they put together a pretty significant. Uh, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but I know it was somewhere in the low millions. But Workers United actually did put together a strike fund last month uh, mm, for the, really? the Starbucks workers. I think um, I don't know if I would I would say that you know trying to get people to come up out of pocket to help the uh, striking workers is the most. Effective use of time right now because a lot of them are partnering up with well-established unions and you know yeah, they're, that's they're getting my point. That that's my point yeah yeah i'm, I'm no, thinking think, about think, the small small unions not starbucks i'm thinking about like how amazon is trying to form their own independent union and i haven't yeah, heard yeah. them talk anything about like hey what if we decide to strike what happens then because they right. don't have any I union think, representation but it's only uh right now it's only what like one distribution center that's unionized other other distribution centers like other fulfillment centers are in the process of uh trying to collect signatures for votes that's true, that's true. um but i don't know that there's anywhere except for i believe it was the, the facility is called jfk8 the one in staten island i think that's the only one that is unionized so but yeah sure like maybe they are going to have to uh go to the public um to be able to to get funds so that if they do find themselves in a situation where they have to strike they can do so but i would also say that especially with the amount of networking they've been doing like a lot of people think that or i shouldn't say that that's not true i was gonna say people think that christian smalls is like the only one out front but it, uh, I, I think people generally get that you know the amazon labor union is a team effort um yeah. and they, they have been networking with larger unions they have been networking with student associations they have been getting the, their message out to media etc and like I can't say with full confidence whether this would happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe I'll put it that way. I wouldn't be surprised mm. if they did find themselves on the cusp of a strike and that some larger union stepped in to provide them with support to let them be able to follow through on that threat. So yes. that I'm not so much worried about. I think more so um, what we what we ought to be doing is looking at – well, I shouldn't say we ought to be doing anything. We can do whatever you want. But I think I think what would be more productive is to look at more places um, and look at more areas that uh, unions could form. I would say that like one of the biggest ones is in the tech industry, and the only thing that makes mm. it really difficult is that in the tech industry, especially with distributed teams, uh, that is like teams who work remotely. Like even though a you know a team might be based in you know one city or one city or one state. Uh, the members of the team are working like all over the U.S. or potentially even all over the world. 
it sometimes makes it a bit difficult to uh, unionize because there there really is no collective bargaining union. Like mm-hmm. if your if your if your uh, team or the members of your organization are distributed all over the world, um, you have to find like the highest concentration of people in one geographic location that are willing to go ahead and unionize, and not everybody's going to be on the same page. Like maybe there's a whole lot of people in one city, but it's really just the managers that are working in like the physical location while the employees are working everywhere, you know? So that's, that is one. So there can't be like digital unions or anything. If that makes sense. There can, but because of the way union laws tend to be written up, like the ways that uh, like states and provinces, et cetera, um, write their laws with how unions form. Generally they do have to be in the same geographic area. So remote work makes that a little bit more difficult. I don't think it's impossible. Like you could probably find if if workers are talking to each other, you could probably find, you know, at least three to five people in a single company that, you know, that uh, live in the same state or the same province. But uh, that's just one challenge. But I think like if you were able to get tech companies to unionize, um, that would that would be a massive game changer. Because of the way that like tech operates on this sort of like feast and famine cycle, where they'll invite a glut of people in, uh, bribe them in with like super high salaries, like you know, even as like a mid-level uh, developer or engineer, I mean, you could you're easily into the six figures. So they do get bribed with uh, with high salaries, but then the problem is, as soon as the co- as soon as the company hits a lean part of the uh, of the economic cycle, then they they just get let go immediately. And I think for a lot of people, uh, the difficulty in getting tech workers to want to unionize is that it, it is relatively easy in the tech industry uh, to split off from a company once you've gotten enough um, experience, whether it's product management, whether it's uh, development and engineering, whether it's uh, infrastructure or anything like that. Uh, you can fairly easily split off and make your own company. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people are either trying to move up into the management level or they're trying to get enough experience that they can start their own company. So for them, it's like, well, I'm transient anyway. I'm not planning to be here for the rest of my life. So what's the point of unionizing? But if you're able to do that, I think a lot of the uh, the industry abuses, um, it would be a lot more difficult for companies to simply sweep them under the rug. Uh, everything from like labor abuse to like sexual harassment, et cetera, it would be really difficult. And, you know, discrimination in the workplace, even the way that some of their, you know, some of the innovative technologies are being built, I think with like a union presence, um, a lot of those excesses would, would be a lot harder to get away with. But even though tech is consistently like the growth industry, um, not just in the United States, but globally, it is also, it comes with the paradox of being the most difficult one to unionize. And, and uh, yeah, but I want to uh, keep it moving because uh, yeah, Robert's yeah. been waiting. Thank you guys for Wait. answering the question. Uh, let me hear yeah, Robert. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank you all. Cool, cool. No problem. Thanks for that. Uh, hey Robert, how's it going? Uh, I hope you got everything worked out now. Yeah, looks like you did. Awesome, Hello, you awesome. Hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, you sound great. Okay, nice, finally. Yeah, I'll, well, you know, I think, and I like what you guys were talking about earlier because he's, kinda he's just got like the most. He's got the most like smooth voice too. My goodness. <laughs> Thanks, but you know, talking about you know what you know, bring it back to the original topic of the room, which is you know, I think we need to be talking about why these types of things are just like straight up harmful because people look at these ads, you know, this type of TikTok content, and they're just saying, well, look, politics is is useless. There's no point in doing anything. And I think Trevor, you talked about you know West Wing, and there's I remember seeing earlier two months here. I'll post it in the chat. There's literally a poll where people were saying they thought West Wing was realistic politics. 
And like, you know, there's also like other TV shows and they literally think that these TV politics are real and you can't really blame them when actual politicians, you know, are doing like these ridiculous stunts, which are, you know, if, if I was on, you know, if I was in an organization with this person, it would be embarrassing because, you know, we can talk about all the problems, you know, talking about like, you know, the war in Ukraine and inflation and all that, you know, I'm seeing articles again about, you know, uh, lines for food banks just growing. And if line for food banks are going, that means there's more hungry children. There's problems with housing, the environment, you know, literacy. Most Americans are barely literate. And, you know, when they see stuff like this, there's there's no, no point in these people voting. You know, that's why we have such low voting turnouts in these uh, elections, especially local ones, because, you know, nothing's going to happen. People don't expect yeah. anything. You know, I'm thinking about that uh, woman in uh, earlier uh, doctor's point about how she has such a small constituency and everything. And I don't know if that makes her think, hey, you know, I don't really have to do much to win or it doesn't really matter at the end of the day uh, anyway. But, but yeah, it's like, I kind of wonder what's going on with her constituency, what her first election was like, what is, is this some kind of self-sabotage going on here where she thinks she might, maybe it's not going to win, so she's like, I'm going to go out like this and, you know, if it doesn't happen, I can blame um, racism and sexism and the twerking, or does she think it's... Um... I mean, just statistically, the incumbent almost always wins, because you know people just vote for the same person just because yeah. they're already there. And I, I think a big problem with this is just that you know, you know, leftists and progressive, which is a term I don't like because it doesn't mean anything, most mm-hmm. of them, I think, just they don't, they don't, just don't want to be told what to do, and they just don't want to have any responsibility to any group or any community, including their own. Or, you know, they don't want to, like, you know, break all links with their communities. They don't want to have any links with history, which is why they think everything exists in a vacuum. So when you say, you know, a politician shouldn't be acting like this, they always try to deflect about how, oh, you're trying to tell me what to do. And, yeah, well, because well, you're, a poli- you're a politician. You're supposed to be doing what people want you to do, not just whatever you want. I think leftist is starting to mean something, though. This doesn't always mean what they think it means. And what I mean by that is, like... Um, you know, there's some people who's like, hey, I'm a socialist, I'm this kind of socialist, I'm this kind of Marxist-Leninist, I'm this kind of, you know, person that believes in this particular school of socialism. Well, if I can, but if I, can interrupt, I know some but people... You're talking, about, you're talking about someone who's identifying as, like, a socialist, right? Or a oh, 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 like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but let me finish my point, because I might be saying what you're about to say. So let me finish and then answer, because I think we're about to say the same thing. What I was going to say is, I think leftist does mean something. And what I was just describing was um, counterexamples. But, and what I was going to say is, but when people just generally say in a vague way, leftist, I think a lot of times those are people who haven't really thought through what they believe outside of, I just don't want to be told what to do. I, I uh, feel kind of black-pilled on capitalism. And I have this kind of vaguely anti-capitalistic um, attitudes that are kind of mixed in with. Um, okay, this hold kind on. Of did, and I'm talking every, about did everybody. Hmm? Did everybody? Did everybody? Like, hey, Robert, did you hear T cut out a little bit, or is that just me? I heard a little bit, but I heard most of what he said. Pretty much all of it. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. T. Uh, well, well, well. Just in case, I'll back up a little bit. Like, uh, I was actually about to uh, make the same point that, that you were going to make. That there are some people who, you know, when they have a specific type of uh, socialist politics, it's one thing. But a lot of people that that leftist 
is actually starting to mean something. And to me, what it's starting to mean is when I hear someone just keep talking about leftist, 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 but not specific, I start thinking, okay, you might listen to a lot of podcasts and maybe um, have gotten into this like uh, the past couple of years and you're mad about student loans and, uh, you know, um, universal health care and you shit post a lot, but you, there's still something a little bit childish in your approach uh, to this. And I felt like there was a lot of that in Q's replies uh, when it came to, uh, you see, it also how to talk about sex work. Like, for example, like I believe like, you know, um, oh, sex boy. workers need protect, I feel like sex workers need protection, sex work, uh, you know, should be uh, protected and there should be sex work activism. But for a lot of these people, when they talk about sex work activism, it's kind of like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like this childish um, anti-conformity thing or, you know, you can't tell us what to do. Um, I'm going to push my titties on the timeline to prove a point. And, and if you trigger it, is that okay? This is not real organizing. Yeah. This is not real organizing. This is yeah. The reasons yeah. why I can't scroll Twitter in front of my children because somebody I follow might retweet some porn into the timeline, like before noon. You know, like at the ass crack of dawn, I'm seeing cheeks in my timeline. Yeah, that, that shit. Well, you know, I, I guess the one thing I'd push back on is you're saying like you know leftist is kind of like an idea. I mean, it's like an identity of, of sorts. But you know, when you talk about like actual communist party at least in like history right you know there's the problems i'm seeing with like the communist party of canada you know i saw a lot through q or even the united states is you know they're just kind of clowns but in the past you could say that someone was a communist because they were part of a party and that party had you know a line they had an organization but leftists they don't belong to an organization which is why there's you know they they take every position possible that i've ever seen and it's mostly because you know there's no organization there so it doesn't mean anything i don't I don't see the pushback though, because I feel like that's what I'm. Maybe I'm just not being clear. I, mean, but I, mean, I, feel, I, like, I feel like I'm, I'm saying the same thing. I, I'm, I, I totally some, don't disagree with you at all. Well, I think there's like some general things that they kind of agree conceptually, but like in terms of very once you get down to like more specifics, like how do you how do you actually do this thing? How do you actually implement it? Like what does it look like? That's where all of these disagreements come from. And in my opinion, most of these disagreements just come down to you know you can't tell me what to do. And, and that's why people always bring up, you know, they talk about, you know, you're telling her, you're telling her what to do. Well, yeah, you know, that's that, that that's her job as like a politician, but also you have responsibilities to your community, and you you can't just be doing whatever you want. And if you want, if, and if you want to do something and it's inappropriate, well, you just have to, you, you have to fit it in through some other means, right? Like there's going to be consequences to these to these actions. You know, people say like, why can't Nancy Pelosi's husband buy stocks? About you know, like Intel stocks right before they make a pass legislation about it. They say, you know, why can't you, uh, you know, like when it comes to like the sex work, there's a lot of different views that people have. Whereas, you know, some people, I don't, I don't want to say promote it, you know, but like they want to, they, they, like their idea of protecting it is, it varies very wildly in terms of, you know, whether they want to promote it or whether they want to give people different opportunities instead, because a lot of people who get into that, they're not doing it because, that's what they want to do. They're doing it out of necessity. So then, you know, I, I think the main problem with this is just that there isn't any organization, which is why I don't think it means much. Yeah, but, I mean, I totally agree. I think it's very much becoming an identity that you consume. Like, you know, do yeah. you tweet the right things? Do you listen to the right podcast? Do you uh, take the right public positions and say yeah, and the think, right uh, slogans? To, to link back with what we were saying earlier, it's, you know, well, who's the audience for this type of stuff? 
And that's why a lot of people aren't participating because they're just building personal brands for themselves. You know, like this is like very self-absorbed. People talk about, you know, we're trying to get like attention, but really they're drawing attention away from issues because no one's talking about no one's talking about issues anymore. They're just talking about you know this 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 stunt, and this stunt just makes people turn away. And and either because they're hopeless, either because they're hopeless, or because you know they're just going to make a joke out of it because you know it, it benefits them to talk about this and not something else. And then she ends up losing after this stunt. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to just see her be a personality places. She's going to get a column somewhere or be a talking head somewhere or end up, um, you know, like, for some reason, I feel like if, if this stunt doesn't work for her and she doesn't get reelected, or even if she does get reelected and she's done with politics, she's going to try to become a personality like, like like there's this thing that happens now that i notice where it's like the highest thing you can be now is a personality and it's like what obama's doing post presidency is the new i think model like i we make a production company uh we do spotify playlists we do promotions we give speeches at investment banks and become public speakers. Uh, um, Clinton kind of started too with, you know, all that public speaking he was doing, but it's like, um, yeah, all these people making podcasts and everything. I, I got a feeling that's going to be the future. Like, I don't think people in the future want to be the old man in the Senate. They don't want to be in, in, uh, they don't want to be a Nancy Pelosi. They don't want to be a Mitch McConnell. Like, there's a, that's a kind of outdated, played out, kind of power is just like a, un- a lot unglamorous job at least at least like you know especially the uh, sociopaths you know who just, just they just want to have power over people and also make bank because it's not like nancy pelosi's doing bad you know she, she, no, I'm she's sure not, she loves the attention no she's not doing bad but, but generally generationally i feel like more and more people like attention almost as much if not more than uh money like like i think older people still do and some of those people will still be left but i think there's a lot of people who uh i feel like attention is like has risen so much as a currency in it and i think definitions of power have changed like people kind of feel like okay um influence is uh the media influence is um having a brand rightly or wrongly like like to me i think real power is still more what Nancy Pelosi has, you know, but it's kind of unglamorous to a lot of younger people now who've, who've grown up in a different type of mil- milieu, like the internet and social media and being very conditioned to getting, getting that dopamine hit of attention 24 seven. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong, but, but like when I look at someone like AOC, I don't see her in the, in the Senate, in her, 60s or in politics at all in the 60s or 70s. I see her doing something else in media. I don't know what it'll be, but she'll be producing uh, stuff. Yeah. Probably an NGO. I, yeah, maybe maybe that. I could see it. I could see that. But I, I think she'll be in the public eye no matter what, no matter what she does and and getting attention. No, I, I I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think a lot of this does have to go with people just incredibly self-absorbed. Like you know, they grow up and and they spend a lot of time on on television or on the internet, which you know I, I I'm guilty of too as well. But I I don't know if I was just like raised differently. But I think a lot of people think about you know, get, like they they want they want to bring attention to this because they think that you know if they get attention now they can bring attention to something else later, which is never never ever the case. People also you know they only think about this through their own 
perspective, right? So when they see they're getting more attention, they think they're getting more results because they see it through their own perspective, right? They're only thinking about how, how, how they see the world and they're getting more, you know, they're making more money, they're getting more views, they're getting more people listening to them, maybe they're getting donations if they're a politician or like a part of a nonprofit. And they see this through their own perspective. They think they're doing something, even though they're not, because they want the flat, they want something that's flashy. They don't want, they, they don't want something that's uh, more, more hidden, which is, you know, something like you said, was going to bring actual power. I'm, I'm developing a slightly more cynical view of things. And I'm starting to think that maybe deep down, they don't actually believe the attention will get the results so much as they pretend they're getting the attention to get results as an excuse to get the attention. Like, I think a lot of people deep down just want attention, but it's on some level, it's still de class A to just want attention for attention's sake. So I think a lot of people like, like I'm starting to think that people aren't actually trying to get attention and do stunts to get things done. I think they're actually getting into jobs surrounding getting stuff done so that now they'll have a, a noble reason to seek the attention. So I feel like she might be going into politics for the chance to twerk and go viral than going viral to get her politics done. But I think also some of these people won't even admit it um, to themselves that they're, that they're doing this. Uh, like, 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 I'll give a quick example. Um, I had a friend, this is like in the 2000s, he really, really hated Kim Kardashian. This is like the 2000s. And, but um, one day he was t- talking to me about uh, Jessica Simpson. Like he uh, really liked Jessica Simpson. And I was like, why do you hate Jessica? Why do you hate Kim Kardashian? But you like Jessica Simpson. Like she's the same thing. And he's like, no, she has a talent. I'm like, can you name a song of hers? You know, like you only know her for being famous. You know her? And he goes, um, Kim Kardashian. But she's she famous for working. I had to think about it. <laughs> and and it's not even it's just like a remake. It's not even her song still. So I know, yeah, yeah, that's it. Their song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's like he he <laughs> he was like, oh, she got famous for having a reality show and selling sex. I'm like, but she got famous for a reality show and not selling sex. Like like if, if her reality show is all about how she's a virgin, but when you make uh, when you make a um, your virginity, a focal point, you're still selling sex because you're making people think about having sex with you, but pretending that you're being wholesome. Like, like, by, by always talking about, oh, I'm a virgin, I'm a virgin, it makes people think, uh, wow, well, why would it be like to have sex with them? It's a covert way to, um, you know, sell sex. But I was like, a lot of these celebrities that you like are no different than Kim Kardashian, but Kim Kardashian just takes all the pretense, like, she doesn't have a decoy career or a decoy talent to hide it. And it, and when I was having a conversation with him, I realized, you know what? A lot of people don't want to believe they're as shallow as they are. They want yeah. someone to pretend they want someone to pretend they have a career, pretend to have a talent, so they can say, I'm enjoying you for this talent. Like, but there's so many famous people, like for example, like Lindsay Lohan has only done like one adult uh one movie for adults, like Mean Girls. But she's famous for like 20 years. Like, she's not an actress. She's the same. All these people, there's people um, who have been out forever. And if you ask them a song, like like Selena Gomez, what is her big song that everybody knows? Like, why is she still famous? Like, like, uh, and I think 
that's why a lot of these people are going into politics and doing stuff. It's like they just want attention, but it's very they can't say he just being an influencer. You know, like people still make fun of TikTokers. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, still it's scoring. Kinda like your. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, uh, didn't mean to interrupt there. I, I was just gonna say no, like, fine, it's kind fine. of like your critique of. It's kind of like your critique of like a lot of modern comedy, where like people don't get into comedy, especially stand-up comedy, because they love stand-up comedy. They get into comedy because they want to draw attention to themselves for whatever else is, it is they're doing. Or like, you know, they don't um, they don't get into uh, rap music because they want to be rappers. They get into rap music because they want to be like, you know, modern polymaths. You know, they want to be like a, a producer slash actor slash clothing designer slash... Like, yeah, uh, they call it they call it multi hyphenate now. Yeah, they call it multi hyphenate yeah, right, now. And, and, yeah. and the people aren't passionate about anything. They just want to be famous. But it's kind of tacky. If you just want to be famous to be famous. Like, like people want to believe they're not as shallow as they are. The audiences, and I think this is why people hated Kim Kardashian so much because she just took all the illusion out of it. She's like, no, you're gonna like me because I fuck on camera and I just shop all day and I just say stupid shit with my sisters like you know and i think she just kind of held a very harsh funhouse mirror to society that made them hate her like you know at least pretend you're doing something so that we can feel okay about you know jerking off to you that's that's what i think and i think for a lot of people that's what politics is that they're not doing stunts to get their politics popping off they're doing politics so it's like uh now i have a woke reason to twerk and i can say that i'm doing it for the the greater good but yeah i think attention is the biggest currency going on now and it's gonna, only going to get worse it's very get off my lawn old man old manish but that's that's how it seems to no, me i mean I, I think there's there's a lot to it and kind of like what i said er, like way earlier was just i think a lot of these people just don't want to be told what to do and they don't want to have any responsibility and because they don't actually do anything and especially with you know some people of the way they were raised you know i, was, I grew up in the suburbs and you know a lot of people just don't do nothing and they don't have personality. They don't have like very good skills or anything like that. And you know, their, their jobs are, are just bullshit. They're not doing anything, but they're ma- some of them are making a lot of money. Yep, and yep. you know, how do you square up making a lot of money with doing nothing, nothing useful, useful. So yeah, it fucks with people. I think for a lot of people, I think a lot of people do believe yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, it definitely fucks with people to make a lot of money and not feel useful and feel like you don't deserve it. I totally agree with you. People think it's a dream. But it does fuck with people when it happens, when you make a lot of money and you feel like you're not actually doing anything valuable. Yeah, and especially with all, like, the news, because you turn on the news and, you know, the economy is doing great, but you see, you know, their hunger is up, housing is more expensive, the environment's getting destroyed, you know, in in my opinion, purposefully getting destroyed, because if you look at, you know, the map of what places on the earth get worst affected, you know, it's South America, Africa, you know, the Middle East, South Asia, those are, like, the worst places that are getting affected. Meanwhile, places like North America and Europe you know, some of them are going to potentially benefit with like arable land or, you know, permafrost melting. And there's, there's other problems. Like a lot of Americans are just functionally illiterate, you know, people like hopelessness is, you know, with hopelessness going up, people, you know, they just want to be able to even just like scream into the void, you know, and have someone hear them or, you know, and, and you talk about like healthcare, you know, people losing access to healthcare and, you know, the education system is really bad. And, and that's why a lot of people, they, they just see things, you know, in, in a va- happening in a vacuum because, when you know they don't know history, and they're they don't want to have responsibility, 
then they're not going to learn about you know why these things matter at least in like a you know, like 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 there isn't like a story to history but you know why you know how how these things progress you know why movements of the past were able to you know gain power so you know when we talk about a lot of people talk about you know FDR and they were like we want another FDR you know well FDR only existed because they were trying to you know clamp down on communists who were doing a lot of organizing which is where a lot of the benefits of the you know the new deal came from is because they wanted to you know to uh, lower the the heat that was kind of being generated they were like genuinely afraid of you know socialist or communist uprisings in america because of the great depression and the organizing happening i think i think one problem that kind of leads to this degradation of history is um it's kind of a good corrective that became an overcorrective with this idea that um you know the past people were racist they were sexist they were closed-minded and i think what ended up kind of happening is uh, that just became all the past was to um, a lot of modern leftists, where people just start throwing out the baby of the bathwater. Like, the only thing I can learn from an elder is how to be racist, sexist, closed-minded, um, have an unha- unhappy marriage, um, you know, uh, be anti-abortion and whatever. And this is this kind of idea that there is nothing an older person can, can teach me because... Um, Everything is about progress, and it's always young people and new people rebelling against. Uh, like at some point, that became the narrative of progress. It's it's young people and you know marginalized people rebelling against whatever the old people and the status quo. That's how we got every good thing that we got. And there's some truth to that in some context, but it's a vast oversimplification that leads to I think people just thinking that. There's nothing, not just for older people, but history in general, to teach them. We can just make it out of whole cloth. Uh, anything that older people are telling me to do must be wrong because it must be rooted in, you know, do anything that older people are good for, which is racism, sexism, misogyny, yeah. homophobia, and 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 whatever. And it's a very throwing out the baby with the bathwater um, ideology that I think is going to bite a lot of these. Uh, kind of reactionary leftists in the ass, which is what I think you've been saying this whole this whole call I, I, that I, I have, agree with. I have to push back against, you know, like the idea that just, oh, you know, sometimes attacking, rebelling against older people was, was the good thing to do. And I just because, you know, some of the old people were bad, but most of them honestly were, were good because most of them were just trying to, you know, live their daily lives. We don't ever talk about, you know, all of the union members who got shot at or died in the, in the strikes in the, like the thirties or the twenties or the 1880s or 1890s, you know, organizing back then was, was, was very different, especially in terms of, you know, people, you know, people literally getting shot at for just protesting or going on strike. And, you know, when we say that, you know, like, Oh, all the old people were, uh, were racist. I mean, that, 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 that's true to an extent, you know, if you just like look, look at old cartoons, read old, you know, look at old literature, it's really bad. I mean, it is just really bad. But, you know, you, you, you also have to uh, think about the people who don't get talked about in history, which is why a lot of people are ignorant about this. You know, all the people that were, were trying to fight against, fight about, yeah, fight yeah, against yeah, this. Yeah. You know, people talk about, you know, so they talk about like the founding fathers and slavery and they're saying we can't judge them by modern standards. But, you know, people have been abolitionists way, you know, centuries before the 1700s. People have been abolitionists. Even yeah, totally. totally. Criticizing them at the time. Totally. And, and that's what I mean when I say, you know, you throw out the baby with the bathwater, you know, you're just throwing out a lot of babies, you're throwing out a lot of people who did, uh, you know, at the time, 
realized. I mean, you look at what happened with with England and and how strong the the abolitionist uh, movement uh, was back then. But but you know what you know what happens with that though, right? Um, uh, this is what a lot of people do too. Is they'll be like, yeah, well, this person was an abolitionist, but they were still like you know a racist because they said X, Y, and Z. So they were an abolitionist, but they still didn't see the full humanity. And it's like, okay, that's true, but it was like the 1700s. Like you can't just always look for the the re like no one's saying they're perfect, but you know you can't. You gotta have some nuance in it. You know, like like like, like I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying that I notice that sometimes people, even when you bring up stuff like that, they'll still try to find the disqualifier. You know, it's like. Oh yeah, well this person thought still thought this or like like I saw somebody talk about John Brown and they're like, yeah, you know John Brown he did all that but he still was kind of treating black people like uh, pets or whatever. I'm like, okay, I I don't know what your proof who is, but even that? if that's true, I forgot who I forgot who would I forgot who it was. There was somebody online that said that that he didn't really see them as humans and I was like, I've never seen proof of that, but let's say to a degree he did the dude was willing to take arms and do whatever like if you're looking for this perfect person this in the 1800s and again i didn't agree with this person because they didn't have any proof he got hanged because he was trying to start a liberationary war like yeah i don't know dog uh yeah, that's just, so like that is depressing because like there's there's never going to be any standard by which anybody that has ever done anything meaningful in the past can ever actually be respected as having done something meaningful. So to them, I think it's a form of like it's a, like a backhanded yeah. form of nihilism because it's like you'll never like you'll mm-hmm. nobody will live up to that standard now. So basically, there's no point to try to do anything. They were implying like that he did some kind of microaggressions, and I was like. Um, you know, even if he did some kind of microaggression that you could find on the record, like I, I still think he's a nut good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he gave his life at the end of the day. Yeah, and um, yeah. Do you have any uh, final points? Uh, be involved for some reason. I think Robert. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, I think a lot of this has to do with people's narcissism, right? Where you know, when we when it comes to like this type of nihilism, they say, well, you know, if I was John Brown in that situation, I w- I would have been perfect. You know, I have all these great ideas, and you know, I I think that's a, something we gotta just kind of fight back or like we have to you know who's who's we but people have to or people should be fighting back against this idea of like you know you can't tell me what to do you don't have responsibility and and also we just have to you know tell people you do have responsibility to other people you know society doesn't function without that and if we keep just doing everything for attention then nothing's going to actually get done because most of what's going to end up getting done is not going to be on tv it's not going to be on twitter and i'm not saying that as like you know twitter bad or or facebook bad or something like that but but I, I will just say this: It drives me crazy when the people that you're talking about, you know, the one, the one that said, "If I was John Brown, I'd be this." They can't even get along with people on Twitter. Like, 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 like you can't even treat people decently that disagree with you on Twitter. But you're gonna be a perfect revolutionary and organizing in the real world. Like, 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 come on, you just post all day, and and you and you can't even get along doing that. Like, you somehow like implode once a month. Uh, uh, posting and but somehow you're would be you would you would be if you went to the real world a perfect organizer. Um, okay, whatever, bro. Yeah, 
I mean, sure. you know, you know, go ahead. You know, there's there's people that are hungry. You know, there's people who need you know help learning. They need help with like insurance and their healthcare. And you know, go ahead. You know, there's that's the biggest shame I think is that this now is like the perfect time to do organization. People need help and and they're looking for it. Real talk, real talk. This was a great call, Robert. Uh, thank you. Uh, we're gonna take Lance, and I think we're gonna end it. I think we're gonna end it with uh, Lance. But yeah, uh, thanks, Robert and. Lance, uh, feel free to feel free to unmute. You are the last one for tonight. It's the button on the bottom right in case you can't find it. Oh, there we go. Perfect. I don't know if you're talking, but we, or at least I can't hear you. I don't know if anyone else can hear you, and it's just me. Yeah, I can't. I can't hear anything. No, you can't hear me either. Okay. Yeah. So good, like Lance. If you're uh, able to come back next week, you know, I'm just. Uh, shoot us a message ahead of time and we can make sure that you uh, get bumped on the queue. But, um, yeah, I think we, I mean, we've been going on for like, you know, like almost uh, two hours now. I think it's a good place to, to end it. And it went to some pretty interesting places. You know, I didn't, I didn't expect our conversation about a state senator handstand twerking was going to lead into uh, me explaining uh, the difficulties of collective bargaining units in distributed teams, you know? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. I was kind of kind of riveted by that. It was, it was good. It was good stuff. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> the macro, the macro, the macroeconomic issues that you were talking about. It's like right now, I'm like so obsessed with uh, macroeconomics because I think that's something that people really have to um, understand. And one thing I kind of noticed with a lot of these um, these kind of new baby leftists is two things they're not interested in are international issues. And um, macroeconomics, and I think um, it's going to be a blind spot for a lot of people in the next couple of years. I think those are the two things that are going to affect American life the most. Not not culture war, like everyone thinks. Everyone is so yeah. hyper focused on culture war and like and like domestic issues and stuff. I mean, a really good person that uh, you know I, I talk to semi frequently about this kind of stuff is a team from Plan A, and you know, like you know, yeah. we, we really like paying attention to this stuff and also like uh there's a my friend rory who goes by carlos repeat on twitter um and he used he used to normally he used to be involved in like bankruptcy litigation so you know we we have conversations like this all the time and it's just been like yeah it's kind of wild to see what people are paying attention to and what's you know most important and on their radar when all of the key economic signals for possible disaster are there. That's not saying that like, you know, it's guaranteed that we're just, you know, everything's going to fall apart, but these are some signals that you just generally do not want to see happen all at the same time. And yeah, it's unfortunate that, I don't know, that uh, people like people, especially somebody who's a state Senator would think that it's a good strategy to try to draw attention to herself so that she could talk about the issues rather than talk about, the actual issues, you know, find something, like, whatever I, it is. It's so much. I don't know. Is, I would like to know it's, what that it's is. been a couple yeah. of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks. I checked her Twitter. I, I haven't seen anything. And all she's talking about is the twerking. <laughs> she's still, she's still, I, I sent you a tweet today where she's still, uh, she, 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 she did a video where she came out and she goes, yeah, let them eat. And then she turns around and, and turns her butt to the camera and points to her butt. And she goes, cake. So she goes, let them eat. And she turns around and points to her butt and says, uh, uh, cake. And, and, and then and then it cut and then it cuts to this poster twerking for justice. I'm like, okay, it's been like a couple of weeks. All you're talking about is the twerking. This you just clearly want to twerk. You, you don't actually want 
to uh, switch the topic to any of these issues you're talking about. Um, anyone who goes through a timeline, you'll see she's still talking about uh, twerking and sex and gender stuff. It's, it's, it's so, so yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. But uh, yeah, it's good to oh, chat to you again. Um, yeah, yeah, as, as always. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to our conversations in the upcoming episode because people in the audience uh t um did a a very disingenuous thing by calling this media masochists but then refusing to consume certain media and so yeah, like uh, yeah. there are there are there are shows that i've been asking for and he's been politely declining uh because you know he's got excuses really to not like consume the marvel comics universe in its entirety uh to not watch star trek discovery and share my pain there's a lot of stuff that i've just been like watching and reading and consuming for the sheer purpose of finding something to hate, just like storing my concentrated hatred, and I can't even talk to him about it because he won't watch the shit. But now he's agreed to. Yeah, so yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I've been, I've been a I've been a fake hate watcher. Like he's trying to get me watch stuff, and I'm like, for my sanity, I'm not going to watch that. I haven't watched any <laughs> Disney Plus stuff. I didn't watch anything, and I I finally broke down with Kenobi, and. And that was the first time I actually like watched a lot of these bad things. Like people think I'm like a super hate watcher, and to a degree I do hate watch stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff I just feel like okay, for my sanity I'm just not gonna watch that. But I I I agree for Q, I'm gonna watch every um, Marvel thing done since Endgame. Uh, so I have, I'm gonna watch WandaVision. I'm gonna watch all the Star Trek stuff that came out on Disney Plus. I'm sorry, I'm going to watch all the Star Trek stuff that came out, including Discovery, and uh, I'll even go as far as that cartoon that looks really bad. Isn't there an adult animation that they have that, it looks like really bad family guys? It's called Upper Decks oh, or something? Oh, Below Decks, Below Deck or something like that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh Below Decks? You and I haven't watched it. That's too I, far? Uh, <laughs> fuck, now that you brought it up, oh shit, I guess I have to now, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearing, yeah. So, so I've been hearing. Okay, so the kind of responses that I've been getting, or, or sorry, that I've been, I've been, watch, I've been seeing about it, I can always tell I'm going to hate something when the reactionaries are like, you know, look at what woke culture has done to X, Y, and Z property, and then the SJIs are like, well, why, why are you homophobic, and why don't you? So they, none of, no one's actually talking about the content of the material. They're talking yeah, about no one's defending the merits of it when they defend it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So, like, when I see those arguments break out, I'm like, whatever this is, I know I'm going to watch it. I'm going to fucking hate it. And I think Below Decks was one of those ones where I was like, I, I feel like me watching this would be an insult to Gene Roddenberry's memory. But the show is called Media Masochist, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I was thinking like uh, I'm even gonna we can even start with Endgame and then go go from there. So I was thinking next week. I'm gonna we can... tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now. Like everything mm-hmm. since Endgame has just been a rapid decline. It's not. It's not like a slow unraveling. I mean, the ship is falling apart as it tries. My to hot take. Like, yeah. My hot take, and I will try to make this next week, is that Endgame was a really shitty movie. That just had a lot of fist pumping, Easter egg like cool moments that kind of hit how bad it is, and that all the shit in this comes from Endgame. Like, like Endgame can only create the shitty world that we have now. Like, like it just broke everything in a way that uh, this was kind of inevitable. Mm-hmm. So, 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 yeah. Oh, 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 wait, Lance, Lance, do we, do we got you? I think I heard you. Oh, he figured it out. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me give you the, maybe the, the radical geezer point of view. Y'all heard of R. Crumb, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember yeah. you now, Lance. I remember you now, Lance. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. Our crumb. I remember our crumb. Our crumb, who did a lot of stuff that wasn't just like radical, whatever. And of course, what's his name there? Uh, with Hunter S. Thompson, there. Uh, what was his uh, the artist? That, I'll think of his name in a moment. Um, and. Of course. So, 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 Robert, Robert, with all due respect, uh, the point that you're going to make, you're going to have to make it uh, very, very concisely. So I just want to make, make sure that it's not going to be a, a long, a long point because we're going to end. But okay. please, uh, well, go, well, go well, forward. Well, but well, just make sure you can wrap it in a minute. Whether it's like that, man, or whether it's like Popeye who started out as a drunken sailor having fights with his dad on the wharf and having illegitimate children and rowdiness. It was a depression era comic fast forward to the 60s not just uh world war ii propaganda era but in the 60s he was like a patriotic american who was leading the uh carriers into you know into battle or something so in other words uh cartoon going all the way back to the middle ages or you know where they had fairy tales because you couldn't directly criticize you know the power so we've gotten so far beyond all that in other words, so that cartoons, you know, Bullwinkle. I don't know if you're all familiar with Bullwinkle, right? He yeah, CIA. I'm Bullwinkle. All right, Bullwinkle and Rocky were CIA. They were basically the intelligence. They represented the intelligence. Admiral Peach Fuzz was the Pentagon. He was the admiral of a ship. And, but 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 they were they were uh, criti- they were criticizing uh, they were criticizing uh, the intelligence um, community, right? Say what? They were criticizing the intelligence community, right? The, uh, yeah, so you had the Mr. show. You had Mr. Peabody. You had Mr. Peabody and Sherman with their Wayback Machine. They represented academia, right? You had Dudley Do Right, who represented the RCMP, right? Um, and you had, um, yeah. So, 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 yeah. It was all a pair. Oh, you then you have, of course, Boris Badenov and Natasha. They were Russia. They were the Cold War people. So, in other words, what I'm saying is that. We all got it back in the day. Okay. So in other words, as a kid, from the age of seven to ten, uh, uh, we had two bells, right? One was for ding, ding, ding. That was a fire drill. Go outside. Get away from the fire. Fire drill. Then the other one was like, woo, right? The, uh, the air raid drill. So go out of your classroom and go get in a fetal position outside in the hall. All of us lined up on the hall. We, we never bought it. Believe me. Even as seven or eight years old, Right. We didn't buy the fact that just because we're several feet away with our you know, fetal position next to the wall. But we didn't think about it. Yeah, there's all these stories about like fallout shelters and paranoia. No, but but everything was about atomic subs. Right. There was like major Tom to ground control. You know, there was like all this. stuff. It was just part of reality. It just got absorbed into the ether. You know, you had like stupid show. Not not stupid. Really, like laughing. You know, they were making jokes about the Pentagon budget. It's like we are so infantile now. We're all a bunch well, of Well, what's the, what that's interesting now is that the actual Defense Department and all that stuff in the Pentagon actually gets to look at the scripts now, and it's actually marketing for them. Like, like I don't know if you, you know about this, but um, they actually work with the Pentagon to make Marvel movies now. And, yeah, but and the Marvel and, and the Pentagon movies. actually... 
No, 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 but not just on war movies, but on uh, movies that have nothing to do with war. In other words, what I'm saying oh, is, yeah. if I may, right, there's a stupid, yeah. uh, it's not stupid, and I was reminded of it because it's on one of these, like, me TV shows. The Fickle Finger of Fate, that was like Dick Rowan and Dan Martin, the Fickle Finger of Fate, and it was an index figure with a wing around it, bronze and, like, you know, like spray-painted gold. It was obviously called, it was obviously meant to be the, we mean a middle finger. It's a fuck you asshole award. And they had a chart. This is what the Pentagon spent last year. 70 billion on this, 80 billion on that, 40 billion. Well, it wasn't billion. It was like 7 billion. Yeah, we're giving the fickle finger of fate to the Pentagon. Another one. Another one. Hey, these six congressmen. You know, the problem with you saying. For like diplomatic reasons. Wait a minute. Here, so they did a diplomatic mission out to the Middle East and the Orient. Oh, and guess what? On the way back at taxpayer funding, they did a junket to London and to the Riviera, blah, blah, blah. You would never see anything close to that. And it's funny because when I talk about this kind of thing to pe- other people on the call in, oh, yeah, lad, you're just like nostalgic for the 60s. Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah, the no. Pro- the problem what you're the problem but, what you're but, talking but, about. But uh, no problem, hold on, hold on. I was going to say something real quick. Oh, Lance, 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 Lance. I was going to say real quick. I was going to say the problem what you talked about. I agree with all of it, but I have the cultural taste of like a a ninety year old man. Like I know every reference you're talking about because I grew up watching uh, reruns and all that. But one thing that's interesting now, we don't have reruns anymore because one thing I noticed we have so much new content that. People below a certain age don't really have to rewatch um, anything if they don't want to. Like, like, like when I was growing up, you didn't have on-demand stuff. You only had a handful of channels. So, like, I would come home, and there'd only be three or four channels, and there'd be reruns of Laughing, and I would watch Laughing, Bullwinkle, and all this stuff you're talking about now. But it's kind of a depth of history now, where I think below a certain age, below Gen X. Everything you're talking about, I'm sure like a lot of millennials in the audience were a fate is, they don't know. And I wasn't a contemporary for any of that stuff you described, but I kind of had to know about it just because they didn't really have a choice. It was there for me to watch. It was not that much new programming. New programming came on from like 8 to 10 at night on three channels. The rest of the time, it was just all reruns, all... So I think that kind of contributes to what you're talking about too. Like there's this, um, like like where can you find laughing now? Like someone would have to, you would have to actively look for laughing on some streaming service and then actively order it. And who below a certain age is gonna a know about it to look for it and then uh, search for it? So yeah, I think that's a big contribution to why a lot of the political bite to everything is so dumbed down and removed from everything. Like people yeah, yeah, just, yeah. it's all gone. Yeah, it actually showed up on like a nostalgia channel there, like me TV or thing laughing. And you know what else I looked up on YouTube? Guys, go get yourself entertained. Pat Paulson did a joke, uh, presidential run. Okay. Uh, in, in 1968, in 72, whatever, uh, with the Smothers Brothers show. But listen, these guys were like, like super far lefties. They were commie socialists. And Pat Paulson makes a joke out of Democrats. In other words, in his own little white guy, old guy way, he channels like the Martin Luther King, how liberals suck. 
you know, how white liberals suck, you know, and he does it in a total parody way. You know, you got to look at this stuff. It's just like, and this is what right wingers and left wingers, we all absorbed this stuff in the 60s. And it's just, it's just, it's just beyond, I'm going, it's just beyond yeah. bizarre. I'm going to um, you know, end it here, but I'm going to end it with a response to the last thing that you said, right? Um, what you said is so true about how far left they would be. And what was kind of crazy about it is um, this is kind of narcissism of, modern social justice types where they think they're the most daring, most um, progressive envelope pushing uh, generation that there was because they'll like push to have a scene where somebody's gay or somebody's trans or somebody is um, a black woman or a, a, a black man or something. But the actual material is so corporate and tame like, like the actual messaging of the thing is so conservative like okay this person is gay and they're trans or whatever but they're a superhero vigilante that is just basically a fascist reinforcing the status quo whatever but these old shows would have actual like real far left um politics criticizing all types of politicians um, um, criticizing Kent State, talking about um, really going against the establishment in a way that this diversified Disney stuff, this diversified um, Netflix stuff, like, it's just window dressing now. It's like, okay, you have yeah. a black person, a white person, a Latino person, a gay person, a trans person, an intersex person, and they're all just reinforcing the status quo and just doing like a like a roll call but there's nothing threatening it's the most corporatist bland garbage you can imagine right 10 more seconds you know really just for a final mm -hmm. final 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 thought yeah and okay. it's like so so in other words uh the idea that like people don't have pictures of their politicians go back to Clark Gable and or whether the Judy Garland where she wanted to have Clark Gable on there. I had pictures of rock bands on my wall. So people are not influenced politically by politicians. They're influenced by what they read, what they see, what they hear by the cultural influencer, just like TikTok. It's never been different. And so it's not the politicians that ever affected us. It's the people that we revere. The posters are it's Clark Gable, it's the it's Jimmy, it's James Dean, you know, it's the Beatles, you know. That's who influences the politicians, not the other way around. Yeah, real real talk. We always appreciate your uh perspective it always comes from a different place and, and thanks for that and uh yeah so that's a great place to wrap it and uh yeah so i think next week we'll talk about avengers uh end game and phase four uh a little lighter of a topic and you know any suggestions you have just um hit us up on twitter or email at champagne sharks at gmail.com that's one place you can let us know uh any last things you want to plug um q uh no nothing left for me to plug uh okay i want to say it's uh you know great great chatting with you and i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to to mining your pain and anguish next week yeah oh but for start for star trek are we starting with discovery because i've been fighting watching that show so should i should i start uh, watching yeah, it now then we're, we're gonna we're gonna yeah start watching discovery we're gonna have we're gonna have some conversations about uh about michael burnham you're gonna enjoy them Okay, great, great. All right, guys, take care. Uh, always great having you. Bye.
Peace.